0: this podcast is sponsored by inside out group the specialists in high risk and challenging filming and time-lapse covering health and safety videos for rail construction and infrastructure projects nationwide
1: and we're live welcome to this week's safer than your average on the show this week we have louise we're very lucky this week to have Louise as she is the President-Elect for IOSH. Louise, if you just want to come in and introduce yourself.
0: Hi everybody, I'm really excited to be here today. So I've, I've, I've said I'm going to tell you my life story, so is that right?
1: Yep, pretty much. <laughs> this is your life. The book's coming out in a minute. <laughs>
0: So no, really excited to be here. Um, It's early days as president-elect. I think Jimmy's got me in president boot camp at the moment.
1: <laughs> He's not got you doing press-ups, has he? <laughs> it
0: wouldn't surprise me. He's <laughs> probably down the line.
1: <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. So I don't know if you've seen the format of the show. We like to just go right back to the start with our guests and talk about your early life, where you grew up.
0: Yeah, so, um, yeah, so these are all things that perhaps people don't know about me. Um, I was actually born in Cambridge in East Anglia, so it's in the east of England. Um, I was born in Mill Road, which anybody who comes from Cambridge, that was the baby factory at the time. So um, I come from this massive sort of working class family who lived just outside Saffron Walden. I've got hundreds of cousins, so you know, really big kind of clan. Um, My parents, you know, they had me quite young. They actually won the football pools. They won £400 on the football pools, which meant that they could put money down for a house, which was their first house. Um, When I was seven or eight, um, we moved to a little village just outside Cambridge called Stapleford. Um, and that was that was kind of a big thing for me because this school was quite theatrical. So um, something folk might not know about me is that um, when as soon as I got to that primary school, they used to do all these plays and performances and things, and I was just completely hooked. And there's actually people that I went to school with in primary school that I'm still at school with who have had professional Careers on the stage. Um, one of the guys I was at school with wrote an entire symphony for the Royal Opera House
1: wow. um, in
0: London. So it was it was you know very theatrical, and I was really massively into that. Um, my brother came along a few years later. Um, I guess for me, my sort of family life, if you like, it was very kind of traditional patriarchal quite a you know I was I grew up in quite a strict household Mm -hmm. so I guess I kind of created you know I became resilient I think um but this whole kind of hard work ethic was sort of built into me Mm -hmm. um and I think it was very much around there were kind of expectations for 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 what I would do and and where I would go and so although I had this quite you know, artistic side of me, I kind of went down a science type route at school. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I always worked, so work has always been kind of part of my DNA, if you like. Um, had various kind of jobs, I went to sixth form in Cambridge. Um, And I, whilst I was at Sixth Form, I worked at a hotel, really lovely hotel along the river in Cambridge, called the Garden House Hotel, and I loved that job. And my claim to fame is that I have served um, Stephen Hawking with tea, afternoon tea. So, so yeah, I really, really loved that job. It was great. again, real kind of um, artistic sixth form college. So lots of shows and things like that. Um, And I think, you know, coming from Cambridge, people kind of have a perception of what that's like. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, But something people might not also know about Cambridge is that it's quite a divided city. so you know there's it's very unequal so there's a big divide between kind of even now and I think it was so back then there's a real town and gown type of feel Mm -hmm. so even though you know I'd kind of got myself through through to a sixth form education Mm -hmm. there wasn't an expectation that I would go on to university so nobody in my family had had ever been to university or tertiary education um and I have been around a, a bit Blair. <laughs> so even back then, you know, only 10% of, you know, the population went on to university. Yeah. Um, and I think growing up in Cambridge, you have a vision of what universities like that actually isn't quite real. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, it, you know, it is a great place to grow up. And I had um, one of my very close friends, also called Louise, we were the two Louises um I think her family sort of made it you know they they really supported me as well and they sort of helped me to realize that it would be possible to go on and and you know go on beyond day levels if you like mm-hmm. um and I think for me I kind of needed to get away from home from that environment as well um so it's kind of what drove me to sort of study and and it's something that I I you know, I can, I, I go out and give talks in schools about the fact that you can actually progress through education, um, and I, you know, it's definitely a message that I want to really put out there. So yeah,
1: definitely, definitely, and it's an excellent message to put yeah. Over.
0: yeah. But I didn't know what I was going to do. <laughs> so it's you know, I knew that I wanted to carry on with my education, but I didn't really know what that was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um. And I remember having, you know, if I could have gone to drama school, that would have been my perfect thing. But that was not going to happen. Um, and I remember thinking I'd really like to work with businesses and make businesses work smarter. That was kind of something that I had in the back of my head. Um, but we had something um, in sixth form, and, I, and I've spoken to people of my era who kind of remember this, um, you know, with their careers advice, it was something called Cascade, so it was literally, you would plug your A-level subjects into this, you know, computer program, I can't even remember how we did it now. And you put your interests in. You asked. It had personality questions, those kind of things. And I really wanted it to tell me that I was going to go, you know, into the theatre somewhere. <laughs> um, but you'll never guess what the number one thing was at the top, Blair. There were a hundred jobs on this thing.
1: <laughs> what was it?
0: Health and safety officer.
1: Brilliant. Brilliant
0: it was literally like a computer readout with like perforated lines down the side and there were literally a hundred jobs on there
1: yeah
0: <laughs> and I looked at it and thought oh no, that looked, no I don't want to do that And <laughs> 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 I was like oh and and I was looking at this thing thinking how did it generate that um but you know, there was a, there was quite, there was obviously a lot of stuff on there. And I remember looking at kind of the top 10 Mm -hmm. um, and I did sort of work experience. So I went to Adam Brooks hospitals, huge hospital in Cambridge. So I did a day with the radiography department and I did all of these things and I kept on coming back to number one health and safety at the top. And, um, and I kind of did a bit more research around it and looked into environmental health. Mm-hmm. So I did a, again, I did some, you know, I rang up the local council and said, can I come and have a look at what an EHA does, an environmental health officer does? And I absolutely loved it. Um. So, so that's kind of the direct, the route that I took. So yep. um, I went to Nottingham Trent
1: mm-hmm.
0: it was well it was Trent Polytechnic when I started it finished as Nottingham Trent University um, and that was amazing because it was it was going to you know a completely different type of city um, and it's it was an amazing course so you know environmental health officers cover a whole range of topics really Um, And it's something that I still fall back on now. Um, Mm. And I I remember in the first week of our lectures, the lecturer actually saying to us that, you know, in history, the improvements that we've made around public health, safe food, safe places to work, good housing, pollution control, all of those kind of things have saved more lives than any medical breakthrough. And I think when you think about where we are now, that's, you know, that couldn't be more poignant in terms of, you know, what we're all doing in our roles. So, you know, from my perspective, that kind of, you know, I still pull on all sorts of aspects of of my foundation, if you like.
1: And it's a great foundation as well. I remember from my time studying at the University of the West of Scotland, the health and safety and the environmental health programmes are merged. So, a yeah. lot of the core modules are the same, and you studied with a lot of the environmental health students. And I wouldn't have got through some of the science based stuff that we had to learn if we hadn't had the environmental students coming, environmental health students coming fresh out of school that had that A level chemistry. Yeah, and they to come yeah, in and teach me all the kind of theoretical chemistry that I was really yeah. struggling with. Um, I managed to get through it all right in the end, but yeah. It was great having that crossover and I really enjoyed some of the environmental health law side of things that we learned about public health and about food safety and stuff like that as well. It really factors in, it gives you that broad knowledge for operating an industry and it's quite interesting off of the back of the environmental health degree that you can do at the University of the West of Scotland, you can also qualify for graduate IOSH membership as well.
0: Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's a dual qualification. Yeah. uh, It's a fantastic course.
0: So, yeah, I mean, that, you know, that is definitely my foundation. It's something I'm really proud of. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah, so I kind of studied, got through that course. I actually, um, my first job as an environmental health officer, so I was a food safety and health and safety Mm -hmm. enforcement officer. Um, And I actually went, I, I, felt like I could go anywhere after that I honestly felt like I could go anywhere but I went back to Cambridge (laughs) but it was only kind of I needed to go back to kind of find my feet Mm -hmm. to continue on and actually as a local authority Cambridge City Council you know, it's still a really forward thinking local authority. So mm-hmm. it, it was a really good place to go. And I had this kind of I still had a really strong work ethic and I did well. Um and I, I I mean I remember, you know, even though I was I was young, you know, I would take this is what I say to our future leaders as well. You know, I would, you know, I, I was in court several times. I mean I remember Being cross-examined in the dock for three hours straight. I'm sure that they would give you a break these days. And um the the solicitor that was, you know, questioning me was saying, Well, you know, what can what on earth can you know about this case? You're so young. Um, and, and he just picked the wrong person because I was literally five minutes at college and I had every single code of practice <laughs> memorized and just wiped <laughs> the floor with everything. <laughs> so, you know, I, all of my best, you know, I've got some really good stories from those days. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- they were, you know, very supportive environment to work within, um, But I ended up, one of the prosecutions that I took was against the Mm co-op and they ended up hiring me because I think they thought it was cheaper to get me off the (laughs) streets.
1: Brilliant, brilliant.
0: So so my next job after that, which I knew that I, you know, it it was this feeling of I I needed to just find my feet straight out of college. Um, I actually moved to the West Country. So I lived in Taunton in Somerset. Mm-hmm.
1: um Lovely part of the world yeah
0: and mm-hmm. i worked for the co-op um and i'm still only in my early 20s mm-hmm. um and that's when my job kind of switched from being you know uh, the local authority had been mostly food safety with a bit of health and safety and it very much switched then mm-hmm. i was much more health and safety um orientated but i covered a massive region um it's when the six pack came out so the um work equipment regs manual handling regs all of those came out around that time and that's when we had to start doing risk assessment Mm -hmm. so um i remember one of my first projects that they gave me was off you go do the manual handling assessments for the whole of the non-food division
1: Where do you start with that one? <laughs>
0: I know. So I remember going to this huge store and like I worked in South Wales so um yeah part of my region was South Wales and just yeah that was I think what I said to myself where do we start but again it's that whole thing of um you know you I was used to asking questions you know I I, I was really probing um, and nobody knew how to do the risk assessments and we all had the same kind of practice and we all had to kind of work it out and I don't think my age really came into it because I was prepared to stop and ask questions and, and go through all of these things so mm-hmm. so yeah I you know that's why I'm a big advocate for saying you know we need to have everybody in the mix and it doesn't matter what age you are if you're willing to put the hours and the time in and ask questions you can do these things
1: yeah I still see that sometimes and when I've been going for roles myself that I walk in the door and they're like
0: yeah
1: is your dad with you (laughs) (laughs) you know and I'm I'm no spring chicken myself these days but (laughs) they're used to the health and safety person being the old greyhead that perception's now thankfully starting to change a little bit. There is the the people that have got a huge, huge amount of experience. And I had one of them on the podcast just a couple of weeks ago, Jim Tassel who was a factories inspector way back in the day before the HSE existed and then transitioned over to the HSE and they've got an absolute dearth of experience these people it's great you can take them for breakfast and catch up with them and get all of the war stories their 40-year career and get all of the understanding of that and it's it's stood me in good stead doing that so that's interesting as well. yeah
0: Yeah. so and I am but what I really got into I loved doing store redevelopments and so you know and they still do this you know any retailer will do will you know they'll take their stores and they'll change them around and move them around and I got really into this so and I used to look at the plans and knowing how that store would work and you know, how it would be organized and how the people inside it would work. I would literally look at this plan and, you know, say, right, we need to change it here, here, and here from a food safety perspective, a health and safety perspective, and also looking at it in terms of nuisance and, you know, Mm. are we going to cause a a noise issue here in this store? So, and and I really got into that. I absolutely loved it. Um, So that kind of led me to, um, cdm was fairly new so that was you yeah. know coming through then um so basically i moved into construction after that so i left mm-hmm. the co-op and you know did i was basically working as then a planning supervisor so mm-hmm. involved with the whole cdm process um and cdm still one of my favorite topics to talk about
1: <laughs> Brilliant.
0: so yeah so that's kind of where it took me after that
1: mm-hmm.
0: um and I used to um so I was the the consultancy I worked with used to um do all the redevelopments for Weatherspoon pubs so I built loads of Weatherspoon pubs it's great um so did that all over the country um then I um had a brief stint for quite a big um consultancy practice again pure health and safety mm-hmm. um and I was seconded to Savills which mm-hmm. everyone knows Savills is the posh property paper.
1: yeah
0: <laughs> but they actually do quite a lot more than that
1: yeah they um, do a lot of facilities management don't they yeah.
0: yeah so I I was seconded to them and um I I just kind of had a special project and they started saying to me, you know, you'd do really well if you came here. (laughs) And I was like, I've only just started this other job. I can't just leave it. Um, But they had a new um, director in the commercial property department Mm -hmm. at that time. And she had actually um, created a lady called Sally, she'd created her own business within Glasgow. So she'd um, built up a business herself from scratch and Mm -hmm. that had then been merged into the Savills portfolio. Um, And she was just amazing. She, you know, incredible business lady um, who knew how to turn something around. and, And, you know, I was very much part of that team, you know, really sort of evolving the whole commercial property arm within Savills. Mm -hmm. Um, And she was an incredible mentor. I'd say she's probably the best line manager that I've ever had, but she knew nothing about health and safety. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, you know, she taught me an awful lot about business. Mm -hmm. Um, Savills is highly competitive, very, very commercial. Um, They'd never had a health and safety professional in the team before. Um, and I had to make some quite tough decisions that didn't always go down particularly well. Um, but you know, we built these new foundations and I think, you know, it, and, and it, and it, and my, my role kind of developed there. Um, and I sort of, I found myself getting involved with other parts of the business as well. So, so it was, it was amazing. And, and I always have to talk about asbestos in these things. So, um, around that time the asbestos requirements Mm -hmm. were changing that's when we had you know so we had this massive portfolio of property um and we had to that was when we had to then identify where our asbestos was and manage it for the first time so um there was actually a group of us um who came together as property professionals so there was um Alison Connick from CBRE you know there's people from JLL a lot of the big property companies we actually came together at that time and uh, the HSC came to us and talked to us about these new regulations that were going to come through Mm -hmm. and it was actually as a result of that group that they looked at The tenant landlord relationship and that hadn't really been thought through prior to that and that actually appeared in the in the completed regulation so you know and and so we we there was a lot of work where we were trying to do stuff together as well in terms of property so
1: yeah
0: yeah, and it was very much that was kind of you know I was still only in my early 30s (laughs) but it was very much you know, this kind of big health and safety role. Mm-hmm. And it was what I had kind of aspired to do, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. And I think even now it's, well, when you've got this, when you've got a role that's a head of, you've kind of made it, I guess. There's still that kind of piece in health and safety. Um, But I think for me, I you know got to that point and then i'd you know i was working across the business um so savils have got you know they manage rural property um they have got lovely estate agents and they've got offices that kind of thing Mm -hmm. um but i kind of took that job and took that role to to where i could personally take it Mm -hmm. um and I think after that, I kind of had this feeling, well, actually, these big corporates, these big companies, they can do with their, you know, for them, they can do to a certain extent what they need to do, whereas I was really conscious that there's lots of smaller companies out there yeah. um, and certainly public sector organisations that I felt, you know, needed something different and Mm. so that's when I kind of left this big lovely corporate job to set up my own business
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: um complete madness
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's quite interesting a friend of mine um that I've not previously mentioned on the podcast guy called John Richardson who's a really good safety professional in the rail industry always used to say to me it's great working for all the big organizations and the job security and all that that goes with it but if you want to make a real real difference mm-hmm. go to one of the smes or a few of the smes yeah help them and you'll see the tangible change building through
0: yeah
1: yeah and yeah. i thought that was great advice yeah
0: yeah and i think that was kind of a it was i mean people always say Um, if you know i heard the saying if people knew how difficult it was to run your own business you would never do it Mm -hmm. and that's exactly what i tell everybody
1: (laughs) so tell us a little bit more about it then who was your first client
0: so so, i mean i i i was it was a big change so i'd had Mm -hmm. this massive corporate job Lots of people knew me, you know, when it came to commercial property, I knew what I was doing. Um, you know, my phone would be constantly ringing. I'd be constantly solving problems. Um, and then the next day I had nothing. <laughs> and all of these people that sort of saying, oh, you know, we'll we'll throw you some work or whatever. It just doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. Um, And I ended up I think um, I ended up going through an agency to get some work to start off with Mm -hmm. Um, because I was picking up sort of little bits and pieces but not enough really Um, and one of my first big projects was working for the London Borough of Hillingdon
1: Mm
0: -hmm. so I was working for the Director of Education as was and um, I uh, helped them look at the programme for their health and safety in their primary schools which mm-hmm. was really fantastic yeah. and I kind of realized then that actually I was using I was I was having to fire on more cylinders mm-hmm. than I had been with a kind of team I think at Savills I was kind of getting stuck in the office quite a lot yeah so it was it was kind of good to be out Mm-hmm. um and then at the same time sally who'd been work, i'd been who's seconded in savills um she'd kind of moved on and i started i did start to pick up some commercial property work then which has kind of been you know that's what i love doing i do yeah. like doing that um but then we had the big property crash <laughs>
1: yeah 2008
0: yeah I'm so so that was a really challenging time because I kind of had all my eggs in one basket to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Um, and so since then, I've, you know, diversified, I work with all sorts of different types of people. Mm-hmm. Um, we're very much, you know, we are a health and safety consultancy, but we talk about customers and you know I don't just see myself as a health and safety professional, I'm a business owner as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, it is very much around that. I work with a school now in North London, um which you know has been amazing because we we kind of got stuck with them and we've been talking to the, the pupils there about health and safety. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I've talked to them about my journey as well because for me, you know, going, you know, sticking to education, I was telling them it's a real marathon. Mm-hmm. It kind of gave me the foundation and the pieces that I need to, to really move on. Yep.
1: Um.
0: And I've got this real sense of kind of fairness and respect. So, um, you know, the way that I even now I run my business, we're quite an agile team. There's a lot of part time work, you know, we promote part-time working because for me that shouldn't be part of the career. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of my, you know, kind of brings me up to where I am now, I guess.
1: Yep. But we've not mentioned yet, IOS journey yet. Yeah, so... Let's touch on that a little bit.
0: <laughs> so the IOS journey is quite an interesting one as well. So... So, I mean, bearing in mind that, you know, I'd been kind of doing health and safety from the start. And so I was naturally a member of the Charles Institute of Environmental Health, and I still mm-hmm. am. Um, I joined IOSH in 1999. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that was, I, I wasn't quite at Savile's then, but I just felt like I kind of needed that kind of the cih weren't really doing as much health and safety so it kind of went down that route um i became chartered in 2008 and ray hurst do you know ray hurst he's yeah. on council so ray hurst signed my chartered certificate <laughs> yeah. um and i've always lived so i live in st albans and Chilton mm-hmm. has always been my branch yep
1: yeah. Talk a little bit about the branch. They're doing amazing things. I I know. They're just every bit as active as we are. You've got an event on every other week, and it's fantastic. Um, You've also got my good friend Natasha there giving you a hand now as well. Natasha's amazing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I kept on going back to the branch because and I I remember especially when I was at Savills because Mm -hmm. quite often we can be the only person with our skill set you know and I'm working in this big company with a lot of responsibility and I just thought you know what sometimes it just would be really nice to talk to someone else Mm -hmm. and I kept going back there and like not quite feeling the love you know and um and I kept going back and went to odd sessions. And then I guess it was probably about six or seven years ago now. I went back and it's it's always been in the same hotel. And um, there was this massive room and there's 10 retired members in this room. Um, I don't think there are any women in there at all. And I just looked and i thought we have to do something here i i just thought and it may as well be me (laughs) that you know takes it on this journey so so basically i became um vice chair initially um and it's just progressed you know it's just become this really vibrant hub of you know support and you know where people you know would walk through the door and you know there would always be a friendly play friendly face um and you know I've talked about you know I definitely feminized it (laughs) but you know I think that's that's kind of good for everybody it was you know just really welcoming you know just injecting some energy into it
1: mm-hmm.
0: um and just you know really trying to um enable p- other people to be creative in terms of the way they do things yeah um and i think you know this year we definitely have knocked it out of the park so i think mm-hmm. we were the first branch to do a meeting on zoom and we had yep. the guys from singapore on there as well mm-hmm. um and I'm
1: in the whole of the networks. It's been amazing, hasn't it, this year? So. Oh, it's been fantastic. I think uh, the pandemic has brought so much change. It brought this podcast kind of out of left field. That gave me the yeah. time to focus on it, being stuck at home and thinking, right, OK, we've got the, the evening now. I can get a little bit of extra work done and jump into that. So yeah. I used kind of my commuting time at night to try and gain some work time back, and that led into this. Um, it's been fantastic some of the meetings that we've run um, across all of the branches as well and you mentioned as well as part of the face-to-face that you always have a friendly face at Cheltenham i found that with a lot of the different branches I was always travelling in my previous role for work and I was found myself in London quite a lot I went along to a couple of the metropolitan branch meetings, introduced myself there, made some great contacts, and I've had some of the people from that branch on the podcast as well, so it's fantastic. It's great to have that international network. I'm looking forward, in a couple of weeks' time, I'm going to be speaking in the IOSH Qatar branch, and I would have never got to do that before had this not happened, so I'm trying to take the positives out of it and, and really use them to my advantage.
0: Yeah. So I, you know, so I did all of that. And, and I guess it's this whole, you know, I'm definitely somebody who will bring teams of people. I can bring teams of people, give me any team of people and I can make things happen. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I mean, in terms of my work now, most of the people that we work with are businesses that, you know, when we start with them, they've got hardly anything. Yeah. Um, and we make health, health and safety does not need to be boring, Mm -hmm. so it's very much, you know, I bring that kind of business side that I have within myself, bit of theatrical stuff, I guess, talking about it, (laughs) and it's just, you know, it is this creative thing, so, so yeah, I think, you know, I definitely put that into the whole Chilton piece, really, Mm -hmm. and then, one day, I was—I—I I don't know whether I was getting ready for a branch meeting, but I was flicking through and I thought, oh, I could apply for vice president.
1: <laughs> <laughs> brilliant, brilliant.
0: I thought, well, you know, I'll give it a shot and I might not get it this year, but I might get it next year. Well, I only went and got it. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent which I definitely wasn't expecting. And it was the mm-hmm. same year that Jimmy became vice president as well, mm-hmm. um, but I came third in that piece. So I took the remainder of Vincent's term. So I only had a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so the following year I ran again and, and got a, whole, a full term. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course this year I you know, run for president elect, which has been yeah. amazing. and difficult and challenging, quite rightly. Um, Yeah, and here I am as president-elect.
1: Brilliant, brilliant. (laughs) And uh, we're looking forward to your tenure. We're also looking forward to Jimmy's tenure now that he's, he's the president for this year. So that's going to be fantastic. So where do you see yourself progressing to in the future? There's a lot of big things coming, a lot of previous successes as well. What's next for you, Louise?
0: So, I mean, in terms of you know my future, I've because I listened to Jimmy's podcast <laughs> and what he said. I think the thing for me is so Karen McDonald, who's the last female president that we had. Um, you know, her and I talked about this. You know, because I'll be president next year and what I would do afterwards, and with that, mm-hmm. um, I mean obviously you know my business will sort of keep running Mm -hmm. I think my plan is you know I I can see myself being on council probably for another term after that just to help and support because she's been a massive support for me which I'm really grateful for yeah
1: um
0: so I can sort of see myself you know carrying on with council but I'd quite like to go into politics Blair
1: excellent okay okay
0: (laughs) so it's kind of you know, taking, you know, all of these things that we have, you know, you go through these um, positions, you know, even from a volunteer perspective, it's really good experience for yeah. other things. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm quite interested in going into sort of local politics and who knows what might happen after that.
1: Yeah, excellent. You know, th- so we can th- see you th- as th- an MP in the House of Commons. Well, you never know. <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant. That's absolutely fantastic. And a world exclusive for the Safer Than Your Average podcast as well. Watch this space. You also mentioned Karen McDonnell there. Karen is an absolute credit to the health and safety industry. She um, is an amazing person. She's been such a fantastic mentor to me over the years. And she's a great sounding board for advice as well. So I really value Karen's friendship and I'm proud to call her a friend. She's a fantastic person. Um, Moving on a little bit then, Louise, if we look at what advice or guidance you would give to someone starting out maybe as a first career in health and safety? Well,
0: I think, you know, don't let your, you know, I certainly did not let my age hold me back at all. So it's, you know, I think take your time to learn about all aspects of wherever you're working, definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd say um, there's a a lady called Helen Tupper who I heard talk about squiggly careers. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think where we are now is, you know, you can't always expect to kind of start in an organization and work you know, that kind of doesn't happen in health and safety. Mm
1: -hmm. Um,
0: And I think what's benefited me is that I've had quite a broad um, exposure to lots of different types of health and safety. Um, I I, I think think about your, I don't like calling them soft skills. I call them power skills. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and think about the language that we're using so that you talk about what good looks like, you Mm -hmm. know, And if you can enthuse people, you kind of take people with you. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, I'd say learn about organizational psychology as well and about people. Um, Have a really good presence on LinkedIn. So I think ever since I I had my vice president's role, you know, I tried to, um, you know, create that kind of community as well on LinkedIn, which we all have now. I mean, it's amazing, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah um, absolutely fantastic. And that's people that often say to me, How do you get all of these people on your podcast? And I send a message to half of them on LinkedIn and say, Do you want to be on my podcast? Some say, No, go away. Some say, Oh, I'd love to. That'd be excellent. You know, so if you don't put yourself out there, that network's there to be used. Absolutely. I think it's a fantastic resource, an excellent network. be able to build up and get to talk to people in the key influential positions
0: so yeah so i think you know linkedin these days is just amazing um i think it's about being humble i think it's about treating others with respect Mm -hmm. um it's it's staying curious you know um but i you know i i'm I do believe, and I know that, you know, there are a few other of us that are first careers but you know, bearing in mind that I was ahead of in my early 30s because I'd started early. So, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day and saying, well, I've got nearly three decades in health mm-hmm. and safety. Yep. Um, and you know that means that you can go you know I've got another at least 10-15 years of work so Mm -hmm. you know that's that level of experience kind of builds up over time Mm -hmm. so yeah I just say just you know go for it and don't let your age put you off.
1: Yeah definitely definitely excellent that's great advice Thank you so much for coming on the Safer than Your Average podcast, Louise. I really appreciate it. And we're looking forward to your tenure as president. Good luck for it and all the best. Thank you so much. Thank you.
0: Thanks. This podcast is sponsored by Inside Out Group, the specialists in high risk and challenging filming and time-lapse, covering health and safety videos for rail, construction and infrastructure projects nationwide.